I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files today. Allison. Uh huh. You know what we're talking about. Copaganda. <laughs> no, we talk about bad boys. Oh, bad boys. Yeah, bad boys. Ethically compromised boys. <laughs> They're so ethically compromised. They're so bad. Morally dubious boys. Boys that f- benefit from a corrupt system. Uh, Allison, now I'm just going to take a time out. You can cut this out. But I feel, I feel like you're not hyped about bad boys. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, this is not my preferred type of bad boy. <laughs> oh, are you telling me you like a good boy? No, I like a bad boy that's, um, you know, he's got floppy hair and a okay. kind of a cigarette. And he's uh, okay. wearing a leather jacket. He's kind of leaning against the lockers. So me. Yeah, you're <laughs> like my me. favorite bad boy. <laughs> well, I'm here and I want you to get hyped for bad boys. Okay, bad boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allison, what episode of the X-Files did we just watch? Oh, Courtney, we watched season <laughs> seven, episode 13? 12. Season 12? seven, episode 12. Yeah. It's called X Cops. It's called Bad Boys. And here is the description. While Mulder and Skelly pursue an investigation, they are followed by a camera crew from the TV show Cops. Mm. Now, I I don't know how much of an influence on popular culture uh, Cops had in in the Canada. Uh, it, you know, I remember seeing it on TV, but I never watched it. It had very little influence on me. Uh, as an American growing up in the 90s, it had all the influence on me. It had a lot of influence overall. It did. It did. Especially the blurred boobs that you got to see every single uh, episode. At least one pair. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and they were blurred. Sometimes they use the heavily pixelated, so you could see a pink nipple sometimes. Oh, my word. <laughs> there is... What was... Hey, Allison, what was with the 90s? <laughs> what was up with it? Oh my god, I don't even know what to tell you. Just like Cops and Maury Povich and just like all that, like, real... Teens real... going to boot camp. Oh yeah, a lot of boot camp teens. That was, was the it, fear. Was it that, and I'm about to get real here, was it that TV executives figured out that they could exploit poor people? Oh, it was absolutely that TV executives <laughs> figured out they could ex- exploit marginalized communities um, for cool. cheap thrills. Uh-huh. <laughs> Much as the makers of the X-Files did in this episode. Aw. See, here's the thing. I was ready to get real hyped about this episode. Because I did remember it. This is one of the episodes that I remember. Mm-hmm. Do we, do you, like, do I, can I tell you how scared I was as a kid? Yeah, yeah, please. Now, how old were we when this episode happened? Oh, this was in either the, yeah, probably year 2000. 
So, um, oh, I was older than I thought I would be. <laughs> yeah, homie. <laughs> <laughs> what did we grad it? I graded in 2004. So you oh, were wow. in like... <laughs> I was straight up in grade eight. <laughs> I was straight up in high in middle school, my dude. Yeah, I was a scaredy cat. I think the concept of this being that afraid people died, people who feared things died, really resonated with me. A fucking person who was scared all the fucking time. Yeah, that sounds like it would scare the shit out of me, too. And also, I think the um, camera, the live camera nature of it. Can I tell you? It seemed more real. It made me quite nauseous, which was a bit of a feat, because before watching this episode, I was already extremely nauseous. (laughs) Though, hey, you know what? My vertigo exercises must be working because I was perfecto during this whole episode. Well, I'm proud of you because I feel like I'm going to hurl. <laughs> Take one for the team. <laughs> so I was, I was, I remembered a couple things. I remember people, you know, looking, having the camera look towards the dark corners uh, of ha- of hallways and of bushes and that sort of thing, and people mm-hmm. screaming to run. I remember those drawings. <gasps> and yeah, there was some drawings, Allison. Oh. Yeah, we'll talk about those. Um, and I was just generally a scaredy cat. And then when I watched this, the episode that we just watched, I was like, oh man, it's not as. Hey, it- <laughs> these people are kind of shitty. Yeah, there was one part that pooped me a little bit, and I will tell you about it when we get there. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, let's get started. Okay. Are you telling me that that the theme song didn't, like, stir anything in your soul? No. None. None. Nothing. Nothing. I was dead inside, just oh. like I am right now, and I have been for the past 31 years. Oh, Allison, I know one time where you're not dead inside. Oh, yeah? What's that? When you're sitting next to me in the car listening to the CD Willennium. <laughs> okay, you got me there. <laughs> Here it comes, another year. <laughs> I, the theme song did stir something in my fucking white trash New, New England brain that kind of wanted to go to Crackle Barrel and... Riding ATV, Allison. My goodness, that sounds just terrible. I know it's it's this weird it's this weird like thing that I have deep within me that just like came out when I heard this theme song. <laughs> just started hollering. I wanna go to IHOPs and I wanna order some pancakes and I wanna watch some football. <laughs> Who are you? I don't know. And you know what? Maybe I'll play paintball with the boys later. I don't know. Uh, Oh, Lord. Look, American high school Courtney was a much different person than the person I am today. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I blame the homogeneous society that I lived in in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. It stirred and it stirred within me. There is something within me, and it, it was just clogging to get out. And um, you, I did groove to, to it. I did groove to the bad boys. Song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't want, shame you for that. Uh, I just want to be a bad boy. <laughs> you are um, <laughs> good. Thank you. That's all I need. 
There's a there's a prowler. Mm, there is a prowler. And th- there is the TV show cops and they're filming in poor man's Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Wetzel's pretzels. Who? And- oh? His name is Wetzel. Pretzel? Wetzel's pretzels. Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's a pretzel establishment found in several airports. You know, the best thing about being Canadian is having French on all the bags of food and seeing that the French word for pretzel is pretzel. I do love that. (laughs) I do love that. I do. I do fucking love that. Pretzel. Mmm, pretzel. (laughs) That's why. And and um the. The English for uh, what's happening in the UK is actually Prexit, and we've all been using the French. <laughs> it's a good one. You know what? I feel like that joke that you just ro- that you just told me was written by a couple SNL writers that you have hidden in your closet. <laughs> they write all my good material. <laughs> Allison, let them out. It's time. no, never. <laughs> they're writing you jokes that should have been told three years ago <laughs> well brexit wasn't happening three years ago courtney did you think about that <laughs> yeah then it would have been fresh <laughs> <laughs> now just wait till i get to my hit joke about freedom fries oh boy okay well <laughs> um a couple things the amount of cats in the first 10 minutes of this episode was very good it's a lot of cats Mmm, they just eating on the table. They're <laughs> just snacking it up. Does Dutch... I have a question. Mm. Does Dutch, like, is her domain just the floor, or does she hoppy around? Um, Mostly the floor. I would say 90% the floor. The other okay. 10% is her little cat tree where she sleeps by the window. Okay. Uh, my bed, my roommate's bed. Yes. And occasionally I will catch her on my side table. So no, like, kitchen table, the kitchen counter, that sort of well, thing. Well, we don't own a kitchen table, first of all. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're um, millennials. <laughs> and she, the, I think anything higher than that is just, like, she's she's very old. She has a step to get up on my bed, so. That's adorable. Oh, my God, that's adorable. Yeah. Oh, she's elderly. Um, do cats like to step everywhere? Excuse me? Do cats like to step everywhere? Do they like to put their little toesies? just everywhere. oh yeah yeah she's gotta she's gotta check everything out okay good 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 because these cats so the the there's a there's a prowler call mm. and um this uh poor man's jason bateman goes to check it out and he finds one cat and then a very distressed lady and scratches on her door and then she uh and then she closes the door and the cop goes to the back to check things out and I do remember this part where he goes and chases something mm. and then he turns fuck around. And he's like, get out, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. And this is when I'm going to start the beep counter. There oh, were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Allison, how many beeps, how many swears, bad, bad, bad swears were there in this episode? Give me a guess. Twelve? There were only eight. Oh. But I felt all of them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so this is the first thing that scared me as a kid. The idea that, like, something's out in the dark and also people with guns are scared of it. Yeah. I mean. Because if I was, 
If I was taught anything in New Hampshire, it's if you have a gun, then everything's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Live free or die, huh? Right? Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. 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 Yep. Mm. <laughs> uh, he gets in the car and the car flip. Yeah, the the big monster comes in, flips the car over, and he's like, "Ah, oh, dang. Ah, oh, ding, dang. It's scary. It's, uh, hey, it's scare. It's scare. It's scare. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the rest of the cops come, and then and the the one cop, there's like their sergeant. She's like, "Did you flip the car?" And he's like, "I didn't flip the car." <laughs> they have a twenty minute like conversation about who flipped this ding dong car. This is a very straightforward episode. Yeah, it is. It, I, you know what? It was kind of refreshing because Mulder wasn't <laughs> right about anything, and uh, it was very linear. It was. It was extremely linear. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't cut. The X-Files theme. Yeah? Well, I don't know. If you're going to commit to, like, a crossover like this, and you have the Bad Boys theme, you don't need any other theme. That's, I guess that's fair. Because you're like, when you, I think the whole concept is, like, if you turn this episode on, it looked like this was an episode of Cops. Which yeah. is kind of weird. And you got that whole, like, um, like, uh, 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 what's that Orson Welles thing where aliens landed? What? You know, the Orson Welles thing where the aliens landed. H.G. Wait, H.G. Wells? And Orson. Yeah, dude. Wait. Okay. <laughs> one of the... There's so many Wells, I just can't keep them all straight, you War... know? Jessica's in one of them. War of the Worlds where people turned on their ding-dong radio <laughs> and they... By Orson didn't... Welles. And they did, by Orson Welles, he was there. Hey, Orson Welles re-recorded it or something. I don't know. Anyway, I, (laughs) I just like the image of, uh, middle America turning on their good old fashioned X-Files and then getting a cops episode and being like, what's going on? And then there's monsters and David Duchovny is there. I think that's a really (laughs) cool concept. No, I mean, that is, I yeah, I think it's cool. I do. Okay. Um, Allison, now, you could cut this out if you were a coward, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read you something. Um, I just looked up the Wikipedia War of the Worlds radio drama, and the first fucking sentence, my dude, War of the Worlds is an episode of the American radio drama anthology series, The Mercury Theater on Air, directed and narrated by actor and future filmmaker Orson Welles. Oh, this is all getting cut. <laughs> no! No, I can't be seen to make a mistake, Courtney. No, it's, no. it's too important to my image. You can't. I'm going to save this. I'm going to save my half and I'm going to put it up on SoundCloud so everyone knows. Well, if you just put up your half, people aren't going to hear me laughing at you for what being what I thought was wrong. I'm going to recreate your voice. <laughs> okay, do it now. What does it sound like? Um. <laughs> Come on, do, do me. Do me. Okay. Uh, uh, hi, 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 guys. Uh, I'm, I'm Allison. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think, see, here's the thing. I just slip into Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you know what? I do sound so much like that great, beautiful mouse. Like that big, big, beautiful mouse. And you know what? This spring, you are sporting the Mickey Mouse look. Am I? 
And just shirt topless and fucking with big red <laughs> shorts. I asked you to stop peeping through my windows like two years ago. <laughs> High-waisted, red hot pants, two buttons, no shirt. Big buttons. Big old buttons. <laughs> this is how my dude parties. I really like them to uh, make a clack when I hit the counter. <laughs> I'm I've hit Donald Duck mode currently. <laughs> We just trade off, right? We just have one no shirt, pants. one pair of pants, and we just trade them off. We have to always be seen together so people get it. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just like perverts. <laughs> just two fucking perverts. Okay, but not you. when Let's... they're together. No. <laughs> See, ha! I added some joy, joyful ba- banter into this, and now you have to keep it. Okay. No, I'm going to cut the whole episode. It'll just be me saying, I've never done anything wrong in my life, and I'm always correct. (laughs) And I'm going to stand by it. (laughs) Uh, Allison, this cop was attacked by gangbangers. That is what he says. Is that a thing that people actually say with their human mouths? (laughs) Um, I think cops definitely say it. Do they? Uh. I feel like they probably do. Hey, what is yeah. the, what is like the definition? Is it just like uh, gang members? Okay, but they also bang. Mm. Well, do they? <laughs> I mean, no. Don't get me wrong. They fuck. <laughs> <coughs> they can't call them gang fuckers because that's a little. That's too much. <laughs> They gotta, they gotta have that illusion. <laughs> yeah, gang fuckers is actually what they were gonna use uh, for a word instead of gangbusters, but then they changed oh. their minds at the last minute. So now that's maybe, just the way it is. Maybe gang bangers or gang members you want to bang. Oh, that checks out. Mm. <laughs> but then you become the gang banger if you actually achieve that dream. Oh, it's full circle. <laughs> mm. Circle of life. So, it's, so what happens is, uh, they go kind of on this, like, chase, and they can't find what's going on. They actually, uh, what is interesting in this episode is, for the first time, Mulder has no idea what's going on. Yeah, he thinks it's a werewolf. He thinks it's a werewolf, and he actually admits to Scully. And this is 19 minutes in, he's like, I always know what's going on, but now, don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I knew what was going on from the the second composite sketch. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> Sorry to brag. Ugh. Uh, so tell me about the sketch, the very good sketch boy. Okay, so there's the uh, there is a a boy there that is doing sketches. Yes. Um, and uh, the first one he draws, oh, Mulder pulls out a werewolf from previously, and then they ask the sketch boy to draw what the lady with the cat saw, and he draws yes. a Freddy Krueger. Oh, a Freddy Cougar. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, somebody please walk me to my car. And a He's- cop says, I will do it. And they are boyfriends. Oh, I love it. <laughs> See, this episode is beautiful. And then Ricky dies. Ricky oh, the very well, good sketch died. boy. Yeah, he was he was a beautiful sketch boy. Now you didn't mention actually my personal um background boy in this episode. Uh-huh. 
It was that Jesus 3D picture. <laughs> oh, that was very good. I did like that a lot. <laughs> that they showed for like three seconds. Like, mm, yes, mm, tasteful. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was the, you know, 3D pictures are the early digital frames. Well, it's, you know, 3D pictures are really good when you only have a space enough for one photograph, but you want two photographs of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so you, when you walk by it, it just shows you both. Yeah, and you're like, mm, two for one. Mm-hmm. So what happens to the good, good sketch boy? Okay, so he, um, they find him lying by a convenience store, and he's all dead, and um, it turns out he called for roadside assistance, uh, but none came, and then, uh, this is the part where I got pooped. Um, he's laying on the ground, and he has this white bulletproof vest, and Skelly yes. pokes it, and blood pours out mm. of the slashes in his chest. And, yes. um, that did surprise me, and I went, oh. <laughs> did you clutch your pearls? Yeah, a little bit. Ooh. Ah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's see. Now, this is when, oh, this is when we get to the part I like to call the gays. <laughs> and the part that I just wrote down as, kill me. <laughs> now, let's let's give credit where credit is due. <laughs> okay. These two gay men who were obviously gay did not die. That's true. These two African American gay men, they did not die. That you know what? I thought they were going to go for it. I thought they were going to do it. And and even Mulder and Scully thought, you know what? These two characters with our with our uh, record of things, we better watch them cuz they're probably going to go die. back and check on them cuz they're just done so. <laughs> But they made it out, so that's nice. Oh, so, the sex worker later on didn't, though. No, so, no, she super died. Uh, well, you got to take the good, you take the bad. <laughs> you take them both in there, you have the facts of life? Well, you have the X-Files, and it's very yeah, bad. Yeah, okay. Um, so why don't you tell me about ugh, ugh, the gays? Uh, okay, so Steve and Edie are a couple... That um, are the ones who called the police when they saw Ricky, the sketch artist, die. Yes. And they live in a very nice house. Yes. Um, and Mulder and Scully go to their house because they know that that is who called the police. And, yes. And, uh, well, they are I mean, they're, characters. They're Titus. They're titus is what they are. They're what? Titus? Oh, Tituses. Yeah, they're Tituses. Ti-ti-di? Is that- What's the plural of Titus? <laughs> now, now Titus, Titus, uh, in Kimmy Schmidt has been yeah. commented on on being, you know, a gay stereotype. But the character, or sorry, the actor, um, is writes Titus and also is very much himself. So yeah. I guess that's okay because you have a gay man writing for a gay man um this though it reeked oh it reeked straight writing yeah it was a uh, very uh straight this this man's gay relationship was incredibly straight <laughs> i i smelt it it didn't smell so good so i threw it right in the trash <laughs> um 
Yeah, it was it's not now as a when I watched it, I didn't remember these two at all. And I don't really? know if it was because I mean, 2000, the chances of seeing a gay couple on TV were nil. But this mm. <laughs> the chances of seeing it, and if you did see a, a gay couple, they would be incredibly stereotypical. Um, yeah 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 for sure so i don't know i think the only other one that i remember as a kid is like when elaine went to the lesbian wedding when did will and grace start oh i forgot i don't think we actually watched that maybe we did oh really maybe too I don't gay remember. huh too gay. oh murphy brown and ellen oh murphy like, brown and ellen i did yeah. watch those yes yes they were good hey those were good gays oh will and grace started in 1998 okay okay but again, you have, you have, anyway, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm not going to start on my Will and Grace thesis about how no, it's no, no, kind of no. bad. We don't need that. We're all aware. We don't need the dissertation. <laughs> come, come to my bookstore and I'll show you all the shows that are bad at gays. There's we'll many of them. We'll save that for the, uh, the X-Files Will and Grace crossover episode. Oh my God. Oh God. Okay. Uh, it's you know what I'm not gonna lie to you. It's mostly turtlenecks. <laughs> I think the turtleneck, just the competition, would be very good to see. It would. I'm okay it with would. It. I think. Well, I don't love a turtleneck, but I would no? watch it. I was gonna no. say, and that in itself is very gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to talk. Speaking of the gays, I'm gonna have a. Yeah. I'm gonna have a queer talk. Some queer talk with you. Uh, okay. And maybe some of our fellow queers will have a little bit of idea on this conversation. It has nothing to do with the X-Files, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, have you noticed that uh, uh, fashion is pandering to us? Oh, yeah. This is why This is why I've said it. I was on the internet and uh, I was looking at fashion as I do. A very, I'm a very fashionable boy. And mm-hmm. my friend Chuck, Chuck Taylor, um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the yeah, he sent me a little email. And he's like, "Hey, bro, I know what you're feeling in terms of gender. I got, mm, I got, ooh, I just baked you a fresh pair of high tops, and they are trans flag sparkle high tops, and they're like, probably like a hundred and thirty dollars. And frankly, that's transphobic, but I will buy them." <laughs> But you know what? You know what's what? interesting about those? What? Um, that uh, a friend of mine had pointed out on their Instagram is what? that when you go to order a pair, you still have to pick what gender your size is. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's interesting. Cause Do you want to put they... these, these trans <laughs> shoes on your lady feet or your man feet? Be honest. <laughs> Gotta pick one. Now, here's the thing. There's trans people who want the binary, and that's cool. But me, yeah. don't like it. But me, don't like it. But, and also, the sizes, like, the gendered sizes they're referring to are very, like, set in that sort of, like, biological concept of gender that we all know is super fake. Yeah. And Chuck's, I feel, is the most non-gendered of shoe. No, you don't, like, I don't, I just buy the size that I always buy. I buy and the. I don't need to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I either buy the nine and a halfs or the seven and a halfs, and and Bob's your uncle. Yeah, Bob Cause, is. Because uh... here's the thing: they both the same. <laughs> they they're shoes. I don't know. They're I don't want to spook you, but they're shoes. 
<laughs> oh, I I don't know if I'm ready to have that conversation. <laughs> anyway, you know what? I wish I my my point was I find that fashion has been pandering to us queers, and it has for the last like I don't know a couple years. I wish media would do the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that's fair. You know, I wish they'd just like give us a, just give us something. Just give like, us, just, just give us, just let us live, but like, just, just give us something. Just like, hey, in this one, the two girl Avengers kiss, and then they live, <laughs> and they're happy. Can we talk about the gay representation in the Avengers for a second? Oh, no. Well, I have no idea about it. Do you? Oh, I'm going to tell you about it, and you're going to love it. Oh, no. Um, so in the Avengers Endgame, spoilers, uh, okay. they're... The Russo brothers are bragging about how they finally have a gay character. Oh, um, this is, oh, Allison, the straights are here to save us. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the person, the character that it is, is like a man in a in a um, grief counseling group who mentions offhand that he's going to go on a date with some other guy and is played by one of the Russo brothers. <laughs> you know who... Now, I don't know uh, about the Russo brothers' sexuality. Um, I'm assuming straight, but, you know, it would be great to have a straight guy play a gay character for three seconds. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That I sounds love it as much awesome. as I loved Glee. Mm. <laughs> or Kevin Keller in The Riverdale. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, Let's just fill up, mm, let's just fill our cup with all these beautiful gay gifts that the straight writers in Hollywood have given us, Allison. Thank you, straights. We appreciate Thank you, it. straights. We- <laughs> I'm going to put on my chucks. I'm going to watch me some Orange is the New Black. And I'm going to appreciate it. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ah, that got spicy and I love it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's now talk let's talk about the sex worker dying. <laughs> let's bring it down yeah. a notch. Okay. Uh, um by the way, so the um, the blurring of the faces. I felt bad for this actress because um she got to act her way out of that blurred face. Yeah, that's true. Could you imagine being cast on primetime television and you are so stoked, you've been working really hard for it. Um and okay, maybe you've been typecast as a sex worker because you look a certain way or you're a certain uh race or your skin color is a certain way. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Well, you'll work your way through it, and then you're told your face is going to be blurred. God, cool, <laughs> great. Thanks, thank you, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she she's upset uh because you know cops are following her. And uh-huh. she says that she did see the sketch artist die, uh, but she didn't see Freddy Krueger. She saw her pimp, her boyfriend. She uh, says Novio, which does directly translate to boyfriend, but we are led to believe that it may be her employer. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so they go to the boyfriend's den of mm. drugs. Uh-huh. Uh, this is where you see, and they burst right in. Oh, boy. And there's, this is where you get that, like, cop feeling where it's bad, it's a bad feeling about yeah. cops. 
Uh huh. Uh, they're they're just really eager in this yep. one. They're just happy for anything that that makes them, you know, confirms their belief that this is a bad place. Um, mm. and there is a baby there, which sure is. They're just going for just the most sensationalist. At this point, Chris Carter is a cop, so <sighs> yeah, uh, spiritually, really. Uh, mm-hmm. There are there are blurred out boobs, so we do have those. That does uh, go with the cops theme, and mm-hmm. uh, the criminal man who they said was the suspect has OD'd. Mm-hmm. So he like dead. three weeks ago. Oopsie. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, and they go back, and the original cop is shooting at something, and the sex worker has died with her neck died being in, twisted. In, yeah, she she dies in the very way that she was afraid that uh, the man would do to her. So, are we saying, Allison, that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself? Yeah. But, like, a real specific fear. But just, like, for, like, werewolves or... (laughs) I want to meet that guy whose biggest fear was a werewolf. (laughs) It's a furry. (laughs) Because, you know what? Living as a furry, you you want to be a certain thing. And I think the greatest fear would be the monster that is that certain thing. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. living the sort that of lifestyle, carnal version of that. Ooh, yeah, but kind of sexy though. Mm-hmm, definitely. Are werewolves universally sexy? Oh yeah. Or is it just because we gay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually, that's a pretty good question. <laughs> Straits, would the straights fuck a werewolf? Ooh, with this, I think. I think in terms of straight, straight monsters, it's the vampires, right? Yeah, that's the straightest of the monsters for sure. <laughs> they only do it missionary style. <laughs> um. Okay. So if if <laughs> if Dracula is for the straights and the Wolfman, the Wolfman's is for is for the the gays. Uh, who's the creature from the Black Lagoon for? Everybody. Yeah, baby. <laughs> okay, so we are, gosh. Oh, it's the gays again. <laughs> yeah, we're back to the gays. Forget yeah, we're this. I don't usually complain about gay nonsense because I'm all about it. But, uh, this is a lot of nonsense. And yeah. I hated the fact that. Mulder was supposed to be the audience surrogate in this situation. Yeah, being like, oh, these gays. Oh, these, oh, these wacky gays. Um, can you explain what's happening and why they're back there? Yeah, so they are trying to figure out what the vector of disease is or like how this thing chooses its victims, this fear monster. And they think that it's just like bouncing from person to person. So they think the next, like the logical conclusion is that because Steve and Edie saw the murder happen, that it may have bounced to them. Um, yeah. So they go to the house and they find Steve and Edie are having a, um, a domestic dispute. Yes. Um, um, and then they separate them. Of a sexual nature. Of a mildly sexual nature. Yes. Um, and then they separate them and uh, they're like, well, we're going to have to stay here for a while. Well, here's the thing, though, like, the greatest, as 
black gay men, their greatest fear is probably cops. Yep. <laughs> so, so, I mean, they're there. So the other, the other little monster can't really get in. Yeah, the, their greatest fear is already present. <laughs> um, so the, the gays are okay. They're not, they don't die. They make up and it's all very lovely, I guess. Um, mm. and this is when, uh, Mulder and Scully leave and then we have a second camera crew come in. Yes. With yeah. the original cop. And, and he is, uh, he's boo-hooing. Oh, yeah. So Mulder uh, sits with him and Skelly goes to do an autopsy. And and this cop is very self-aware because he's like, you know, people hate me. And I'm like, yeah, my dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe your whole, like, thing about, like, when you went into that other house when you broke in, you guys were all really really stoked to do so and you brought out your guns and it seemed like you weren't doing your job it seemed like you were just having fun at it um and maybe taking advantage of people uh but people hate you for completely different reasons yeah just on a on a on a downer note besides the many studies that were done that showed that uh cops during its run had a which is still going had a disproportionate amount of uh african-american criminals on it oh yeah um and it also um caused white people to trust the police more um and uh people of color and other marginalized communities to trust them the same amount they already did which was not very much (laughs) not very much great um yeah i do remember that watching i mean i wasn't aware of it as a child because you're not aware of those things but looking back on it any white criminal was it was just goofy shit it was drunk on the side of the road it was public nudity it was that sort of thing and then it seemed like any um drug like any things connected to drugs anything connected to gang violence it was always black people um yeah because for like white white people at home like you know regular middle class white people seeing lower class white people do wacky stuff is voyeurism in the same way that seeing people of other races do pretty much anything is voyeurism for Mm. them yep that would Um, be interesting what was there an actual study on like the statistics of that yeah, there were a couple, if you go to the Wikipedia article, it mentions okay. a couple that were done in 2004, but also an article that I recommend if you're interested is from the Marshall Project, which is nonprofit journalism about criminal justice, and the yeah. article is called Bad Boys, How Cops Became the Most Polarizing Reality TV Show in America. Interesting. And that's that's available for free online? Yeah, you can just read it on their website. Cool. And it's about, um, it talks about interviews with the guys that created cops and how they perceived um what was being said about the show and whether they perceived it as having a a bias and uh Mm. and also of course what everybody else was saying i mean all reality tv show has this this really specific bias that you don't see in in like scripted scripted tv um where the good guys and there's always a good guy in reality tv i mean you are the expert correct yeah oh yeah i mean that's the whole thing about story uh, storytelling in reality tv is figuring out how you can take a bunch of raw footage of something and pull out tropes that people are going to be able to recognize and follow as a story. 
do they do that? Do they write it because they it's just easier for the writers of the reality TV show to craft a story? Or do they do well, that they, because they think that's what audience members want? Predictability. The interesting thing is that, like, a lot of, like, the writing for reality TV is really done in the editing suite. Yes. Okay. Um. So, I mean, it does have to do with numbers. Like, especially on a show like The Challenge, they might look at, like, which people on the show audiences responded to most on the last season and put those people in the forefront. Um, there's so much footage that it's, e- I think it, it, not, I don't want to say it's easy, but you can see how it might be possible to move things to the forefront, others to the back, show a lot of footage of one thing and not much of another, um, and how that would change the perception watching it. Um, I actually have a recommendation. If you want to delve into, um, not necessarily cops, but the kind of writer's room of reality TV, uh, Slate has a wonderful popular culture podcast called Decoder Ring, and they did an episode called The Basement Affair, and it's about a experiment done by a woman artist who decided that her kind of... I think it was her master's project was to get on reality TV show and present oh. herself in a certain way and That's become, I don't know if she was there to become the villain or become the winner. I th- Oh, I think her goal was to win. Okay, cool. Um, And it was, it was a dating TV show. It was called like date with Joe or Joe's basement or something like that. It was like a mm. bachelor runoff from like, you know, Spike TV or whatever. But yeah. it's really interesting. Cool. Reality TV, man. Ugh. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, so let's finish this up. Okay. What happens The cop next? is very sad. The co- <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot the, about this fucker. The cop is sad and he nobody likes him and he's afraid that one night while he's out, his worst fear is that someone is going to take that, that uh, unhappiness out on him via death okay uh and he decides the best thing for him to do is to go back to the uh drug house yes um i don't know why um Hmm. but he gets in there with the camera crew and then instantly something attacks him uh and then Mulder and scully have to race over there and try to get him out and uh there's a funny moment, I will admit, where they find the camera guys hiding in a closet and uh, Skelly closes it's- the door on them and says, I hate those guys. And when <laughs> one of the guys in the closet says, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but it is bleeped, of course. Did that pook you? Did you like that? I did. It was okay. Okay. Um, uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the Mulder goes to try to find the guy. They go up to the second floor and Mulder yells through the door that he has nothing to fear. He doesn't have to be afraid because it can't hurt him if he's not afraid. And then the morning comes, so it doesn't matter. Because this matter. thing only can scare you to death at the full moon. Yeah. Also, full- a woman dies from the Haunted virus. It's wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that part. She was really yeah, scared. Okay. Well, she did say something when Scully was doing the autopsy and the uh, and the coroner was there. She did mention so, like a, a kind of a thing that I always thought in terms of like the X Files of like, hey, y'all like autopsies. I don't think happen that quickly after no death. And the coroner says, hey, we got bodies like three stacks deep. Like, why are you guys doing this? And Scully doesn't really answer her. She makes a good point. She does. 
Let's rate this fucker. Okay. Oh, wait. No. Let's not rate this fucker because, Allison, I kind of want, I want a better ending. I mean, don't we all? I want a happier ending and I think I can give it to you. You're going to give it to me? You, my friend? The happiest of endings. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's do how it should have ended. Okay. Chris Carter and friends, I know you tried real hard, but you shed the bed again on this one. Nothing to fear, Courtney and Allison are here to clean up the mess that you've done. It's how it should have ended if you weren't so fucking bad at writing. Okay, so you telling me that the little spark of joy in your heart when you saw those two men, the cameraman and the sound guy in the closet. It sparked something mm-hmm. deep within me, Allison. Okay. I'm going to take you back to the year 2000, where please Vince Vill- Gilligan said, went to Chris Carter, he said, I have an idea for this kind of crossover. And Chris is like, sure, buddy, go for it. Well, now, then- wait, let me stop you there. What? Because he actually brought it up in season four, and Chris Carter said no, and then let him do it in season seven, because he thought it would be their last season. <laughs> Oh, that's, you know what? Hey, I'm going to incorporate that into my ending to make it the happiest. Okay. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, so, uh, this episode is put on and, uh, I'm going to say it probably does quite well because what has happened in the X-Files has been so buck wild and frankly boring. Um, (laughs) you know, all that child death is so boring. Oh, yeah, totally. And so when when people when people watch this, it actually had a War of the Worlds kind of phenomenon where people kind of got freaked out and then they realized it was the X-Files and they thought, oh my gosh, it's so fresh and new and I just want to watch the X-Files again. So Vince Gilligan goes into Chris Carter's office, which is actually Mulder's office. Like, he yeah. uses that set. Um, he does masturbate a lot in it. But we'll oh, talk I don't about love that it later. anymore. <laughs> And and Chris gives Vince the go-ahead to just turn the X-Files into that, into a reality TV show-esque show. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Chris doesn't really care because this was supposed to be the last ep- episodes of the X-Files. And people realized what what viewers wanted wasn't Mulder and Scully solving crime. It was the hijinks of the camera guy and the sound guy going and finding supernatural mysteries. Yes, Allison, this, how it should have ended, would be a spinoff. Keith, the sound guy, (laughs) and Jacob, the cameraman, they're, hey, they're boyfriends. Because they, you know, the allegory of them being in the closet, we see it. I mean, we get it. Oh, we get it. It was very heavy-handed. It was heavy-handed. Yeah, it, like, actually ease off a bit, Vince. (laughs) Uh, They actually get their own TV series. Uh, They actually fade out Mulder and Scully, and it's just about them following FBI agents to do supernatural things. And it really becomes about their relationship and how straining it is to have everything put on camera, you know? 
Yeah, totally. But then they, they still have to film. Like, even when they fight, they still have to film it because yeah, it's part yeah, of the show. Yeah, And they never die. Perfect. Perfect. Mwah. Perfect. Mwah. Okay, great. I love that your how it should have ended was the beginning of a queer BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> I love BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> I love those two boys. Oh, I'm going to watch them tonight. I'm going to watch them tonight. Okay, now let's do let's do fucking the thing that we do Rating? with yeah we're gonna rate it. Yeah. yeah I rate on a spooky scale one is I'm gonna take a nap five is I'm never gonna sleep again now two thousand Courtney uh, grade A grade nine probably grade nine I was probably a freshman um I had nightmares Allison oh no I had nightmares about that werewolf drawing was very visceral and scary and also wasp man with stinger teeth oh yeah bad i don't know if this is where i was scared to walk in the dark alleyways but it definitely has fed into my fear of doing so now um i i am alone in the house currently um and will be until sunday night so and I do have to walk my dog at night in suburbia. Oh, no. Well, um, so we'll see what happens. I think I'm going to give this a three just for nostalgia's sake. And we'll see how well I do with it. Okay. I'm proud of you. You've been a very brave boy. I know. I think this is the, this is the actual last episode of the X-Files I think I remember. Because afterwards you got too cool. Now, afterwards, I think my parents stopped watching it. <laughs> Shocking. What do you, what do you uh, okay. rate? I rate on a rage scale. It goes from one, which means that's a great up, buddy, all the way to my struggle part three, which is the worst episode we've watched to date. Um, and I'm going to give this a six. Okay. It's like, like, it's bad, but it's obviously bad. Yeah, it's like, it's gauche. It's gauche. It's bad because it's a crossover with a TV show that's, like, bad in a way that's, like, structurally and fundamentally woven into our society bad. So. (laughs) Well, you know, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come all over you? Oh, no. (laughs) Hey, Allison. Um... We are known of as the bad boys of the major cast network, correct? Yeah, we we recently got our uh, nastiest podcast hosts crowned back. Mm, yes, mm, I taste it. Mm, yeah, oh. don't mm. lick the crown. We have to share that. Mm. <laughs> uh, Allison, don't pretend you didn't ask me specifically to pre-lick it for you. Uh, what other what other what other podcasts are there that are like a bunch of bad boys though? Oh, you want a bunch of bad boys? Yeah, I want some bad boys. Oh, okay. Here is a podcast that's got three bad boys, um, and they're so bad that they don't know what anything is or means, so they just make it up. Have you ever wondered what happens in the Silmarillion? What does Jenko Jean stand for? And how many people can you fit inside of one? And what the gosh darn heck are the ice capades? We found out all about that shit, so you don't have to. <laughs> I'm Liam. I'm Eric. 
And I'm Big Papa. Nope, he's God Pop. Damn it. And we're the hosts of We Are Experts, a show where we speculate wildly about stuff we know nothing about, only to learn what we were wrong about. Doing research, learning things, making our way in the world. And only wasting your time for half of a podcast episode. Oh, welcome to We Are Experts, the world's only short comedy podcast. Every Friday on the Major Cats Network, or wherever you find fine literature. Or podcasts. Yes, that one's good, especially the last episode. <laughs> hey, Thomas Rip. <laughs> you're you're our hero. You're a hero, dude. You're teaching those straights real good. Uh yeah, man. If the space cadets have any amazing queer shoes that they want to send us that we should buy with our hard-earned money uh where should they send those uh you can send those directly to double x files podcast at gmail.com that's double spelt out d-o-u-b-l-e or you can hit us up on instagram facebook or twitter at double x files love to hear from you yeah also we're we're, (laughs) oh boy now you're sounding desperate I am. (laughs) Oh, buddy. (laughs) That sounded so sad. I'm sorry. And and genuine? (laughs) Um, I personally have a request because I was looking for this before this episode. I want some second point of view uh, X-Files fanfiction, please. If we don't get any by the end of the season, I will write it. (gasps) No. Mm -hmm. Hey, Allison, can that be our... Mr. Choco Bear, a reward? <laughs> okay, but if it is, then we're going to have to do some predictions. Okay, let's do some predictions. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it going to be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. It's your turn. Yeah, it is. And I think I got some points. I think you did. I think you, I know you said, like, cops. Mm -hmm. And I think you also said, like, 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 um, filmed as the camera. You know, you know what I mean? Like, first person point of view shooter. So I think you get a full point. So I'm at three and a half? Yeah, you're at three and a half. And what are you at? I think I'm still at a half. Ooh, I got a lot of inches on (laughs) you. Well, we knew that. Maybe I'm at one. Does one feel a little bit better? Yeah, one feels pretty good. Okay. Well, thanks. I try. <laughs> I try with what I have, okay? <laughs> um, okay, so your episode is season seven, episode 13. It is called First Person Shooter. <laughs> um, Vigi Games, Allison. That sounds like it's probably right. Yeah. Vigi Games. Um... Uh, uh, okay, I'm gonna say Mulder and Scully get trapped in a video game, Tron style. Half a, I think that's I, half a point, and I hope you get it. I think I'm pretty sure I've made that prediction before because I really want it I've- to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, and I'm gonna say like the lone gunmen are involved because they're oh, nerds. I hope so. They're computer yeah, nerds, this- right? You've just like described a recipe for delight, so I hope that's what happens. <laughs> See, I wanted this episode to be a delightful episode, so maybe next episode is going to be something. 
We can only hope. We just need, we gotta, like, we've been flaccid for, like, 12 episodes, my dudes. Yeah, we really need something to just kick us in the, we just need a little pinky in the butt is what we need. (laughs) A little, a little, a little three-pointer is all we're asking for. Just a little surprise, though. (laughs) Okay, bud. Uh, I think this that, that's it, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, until next time, the The truth truth is is out there. there. We just need a, we need like a TV show version of a one in the pink and two in the sting. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I'm, you know what? I'm so flaccid. I do need two in the sting. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun. Stay nasty. And stay major.